2: We're here I wish
3: wish All right, all right, welcome to the corner. We are coming at you from Insert Coins, Barn Arcade in downtown Vegas. Get ready for an hour of wrestling, boxing and MMA talk. I'm Kel Dansby, journalist for BSO.
4: And I'm Andreas Hale, journalist for a whole bunch of people, including Billboard. I got to watch a Taylor Swift
3: concert. He's hype about that. Yes! <laughs> Today we'll preview UFC 187. Uh, we might get to a little bit of pro wrestling. We have a guest coming through in a little while, a very special guest for you guys. But first we got to talk about Triple G just knocking people the hell out. Yo,
4: listen, Triple, Gennady Golovkin is the real deal. And anybody who says otherwise, shout out to you, Glasses Malone. I know you're listening. You're foolish. Dude, Triple G, what he did to William Monroe is just another chapter in these epic knockouts.
3: Yo, getting knocked out by someone who sounds like Borat has to be, like, one of the best shit ever. Like, yo, he it, sounds like Borat. I love it. He's from Kazakhstan. He got the whole thing. He speaks Spanish every now and then to the Mexican fans. He got it. Like, he's the full package, and he knocks people out every time. Yo. Every single time. Listen,
4: when you fight somebody and you knock them down and they get up, think about it and
3: say, I'm good. (laughs) You hit hard. Yo, you saw his face? Like, his eyes widened, and he was just like, nah, y'all ain't paying me enough for this. I don't need this shit. Business
4: decision. His heart said, Willie, get up. And his mind said, stupid ass, stay down. And when he got up, his mouth was like, no, I quit. I'm good. I'm good, son. Yo, he Yo, made it long enough. It's a different, like, I try to tell people this. And I, 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 what ended up happening is I was at the Taylor Swift concert. And um, no, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, who was performing that night? I don't know. Bruno yeah, Mars, I think. Bruno Mars. He's everywhere. I, and I ended up running to the media room to watch the fight, right? So sorry, uh, Rock and Rio Festival, but I was watching the fight instead of performances. And I ended up engaging in like an hour-long Twitter debate with everybody about how good Triple G is. And one of the things I got to explain to people is, like, I spent a weekend in Big Bear with Triple G a while ago. And I filmed him. We did a documentary on Life at Times. But we didn't film his sparring sessions. And his sparring sessions were otherworldly because he would hit people with, and everything hurts. Everybody I ever talked to that fought Triple G says everything he hits you with hurts. It's not like he loads up and hits you with one shot and it's like, that shit hurt. Everything hurts. So Willie was like an accumulation of punishment to the point where it's like, I don't want to do this anymore.
3: He could have got him out in that second round. You know he, he could. He dialed it back. He said so after the fight. Yeah. He was like, "I want to give people a show." Oh, yo, the way he said it though was incredible. I wish I could remember it. He's like, I, I make show. Yeah, I, I bring show. show. Give
4: present to fans. I give." Give present. He good boy. He good boy. Yeah. like,
3: yo, <laughs> It's great.
4: Gennady Golovkin is the scariest fighter on the planet right now. In terms of like, he may not be pound for pound number one, but it's clear nobody wants to fight him.
3: No you, one. You s- he can fight in three different weight classes. Easy. He doesn't care. He'll go down to 154. He'll go up to about 168 if he has to fight war. He, he'll, he'll he do doesn't it. care.
4: He'll he'll do it. And, and the worst thing is like, you don't see... Oscar De La Hoya was like, ah, you know, we're going to put Canelo in there with him. He's not jumping for that. Oh, God, no. Miguel Cotto was like, I'm fighting Daniel Gale this weekend. You want to fight Triple G? Uh eh, no no, thanks. Nobody wants to fight Gennady Golovkin. And people are now getting mad at Gennady
3: for not getting the, the fights. But don't blame him. Blame the other punks that don't want to fight him. Yo, nah, that's a smart move by them. Like, you know what? I don't care. Just you got to say boxers are ducking him, whatever. Smart business decision because you don't want to get in there and get knocked out. Like, he's just taking people's souls in the ring. See, here's the thing, right?
4: You fight Floyd Mayweather, you lose. You still got your senses intact. You're not necessarily embarrassed. You just got outclassed by one of the best in the world. Your argument can be, he ran for 12 rounds. He didn't fight me. And you can save face. You can't save face getting your face beat in. Because Gennady's not allowing you to to get around. He cuts off the ring, ring extremely well. And he's going to knock
3: you out. Since you're number one in the Gennady Golovkin... Fan club. Waving the flag, goddammit. Right now, him, Andre Ward. Right now. That's right
4: a, now. Right now, Gennady wins. And here's why. Here's, That's it. His mentions are done. No, here's why Gennady what? wins right now. Because oh, Andre Ward hasn't fought in two years. That's the only reason why
3: Gennady wins. I wish we get glasses on the phone right now.
4: Yeah, but after Ward has this fight, I'll be better able, when he fights on the 20th, I'll be better able to look at this. Because the only way you could beat Gennady Golovkin is you have to be a defensive mind of fire that can neutralize his offense. You're not going to win in a firefight. Canelo will get in there, get in a firefight with Gennady and get flattened. Cotto Knocked will, right out. Like when your, offense, when your defense is your offense, you're going to lose to Golovkin. You have to be a sound technical fighter. Ward is that person. But for Ward to immediately step in there tomorrow to fight Gennady-Golovkin would be a
3: horrible idea. I mean, we saw Cotto get dropped by, by Pacquiao and like other right. guys who were way smaller than Gennady. So Golovkin takes him out. One, two, three. You can't you, – dude, you can't chop with him. Like, he, this guy's chopping wood. Like, you can't go out there and chop
4: trees with Gennady Golovkin. He's going to beat you chopping that tree down. So your best bet is to be defensive. You have to take away his strength. You have to be faster than him. You have to poke with a jab. Like, a Floyd Mayweather type of fighter at a higher weight class is exactly who Andre Ward is, is the best kind of guy to beat him. Right now, he doesn't do it. He's, he's been sitting on the shelf too long. And I don't know – you know, I don't know how good Andre Ward looks. I hope he looks great because I'm very high in the Andre Ward fan club, but I just need him to be active.
3: Who's the unlucky guy who gets him? Who Who's the big name that's dumb enough to step in there with him thinking next? they can stop Triple G? Who's first? The hell with mean, next? Who's the you know, first? Who's the first that says, ah, oh, this guy's overrated. Let me test
4: this and gets flattened. I think, I think what will happen is Koto will fight Gil. Koto's on his farewell tour, and maybe he musters it up to get a huge payday out of Gennady in his, you know, one of his last fights. Canelo fighting Triple G is like a single DeMaio fight or a Mexican Independence Day fight in 2016. doesn't happen this year. Because you lose to Gennady, again, it changes your life. You're no longer like,
3: oh, he's so excellent. It's like, dude, you're the guy who got fucked up by Gennady Golovkin. That's yeah. who
4: you are for the rest of your life.
3: Oh, that's because you don't lose by a decision no, to a Golovkin. No, you get killed. Yeah, like, either you're going to win by a decision or you're going to get flattened in the fifth.
4: Like, okay, there are people say... uh, There was this argument that Canelo's fought better competition than Gennady Golovkin. True. true. He's fought Floyd Mayweather. He lost. He fought Arisandi Lara. People thought he lost. I had him winning, but it was that close. He didn't look great against those fighters. Gennady Golovkin's looked great against everybody. And the eye test tells me that these two step in the ring, I don't think Canelo could take that kind of power. Can Triple G fight Lara,
3: you think? think He cuts off
4: the ring better. Angulo put Lara down. People forget that. Angulo put Lara down. If Triple G puts his hands on Lara, he's going to put him down. Like, people say, oh, Canelo's faster. His footwork's not as good. No, no. no. And he, he, he's not – he doesn't wait for openings like Gennady did. The first knockdown that Gennady had when he kind of lurched down there, cocked his left hand back, kind of waited, and then threw it and knocked Monroe down, most fighters don't have the type of patience to get that opening.
3: I talked to Amir Khan the other day. He said he beats Gennady Golovkin. Who? Khan. Khan, be so glad to him. Talk a tag to him, team partner? Talked to him like three three days ago. The Hammer of Thor? Said he got hit and hit a lot in that fight. Did he Said flinch? He left himself open, and he says it's just not the right opponents to take advantage of it. Wait. But he is susceptible to being knocked out. Hold up, hold up, hold up. This this is the Amir Khan that
4: got knocked out by Danny Garcia, right? Just saying. And Triple G. Who else I speak to the other day? They got to stop it.
3: What, yeah, Darrell's we a good spoke fighter, to Darrell yeah. the other day. Uh-huh. Yeah, he thinks he beats Triple G too. I asked everyone recently about Triple G. They all think he's susceptible. I mean, they think he takes a lot of punches. They thought, uh, in his in the last fight, you know, last weekend, they thought he showed a lot of holes defensively. And I think you know he's he's gonna say my punch is stronger than your punch, so we're just gonna trade him. Yeah. And I think that's his philosophy. But you know, they think that he's just really mediocre defensively, and they can take advantage of it. Durrell said that. Durrell lost him in the Olympics. I, I
4: have it somewhere <laughs> on record. He can beat Triple G. Yo, Darrell lost to Gennady in the Olympics. Darrell's been in the ring with Triple G and the amateurs when they had headgear on. Fighting him without headgear? If you couldn't win with headgear and extra protections on? <laughs> like, come on, man. You can't come to a gunfight with a bulletproof vest and lose and then come back without one and think you're going to win.
3: Yo, they see holes in this game. I, I don't know. It's your boy. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, Amir Khan thinks he could beat Floyd Mayweather, too, right? Yeah, he, he
4: believes he can beat everyone.
3: Yo, they got Every it single out. person.
4: They got to cut it out. No, but seriously, though... Triple G's next fight is gonna be against probably another can. Maybe he gets Andy Lee or Peter Quillen ain't gonna fight him. But um and then his big fight's not gonna be till next year. He's gonna get a fight in some other country and he'll probably fight again in December. He always fights in to Morocco or whatever. Yeah, like him. he gets that like one random foreign fight where he knocks the guy out in three rounds. They're doing the right thing with Gennady. They're keeping them active and they're keeping him knocking people out. And it's not like he's fighting complete cans. Martin Murray gave you know Sergio Martinez hell. And a lot of people thought Martin Murray won that fight. So it's like he's knocking people out who've never even been knocked out before. Monroe's never been knocked out before. He just got abused. Sorry, man. Y'all got to stop with the Triple G hate. Triple
3: G's a bad dude. I don't know. I don't know. People aren't on your side with this Triple G stuff. They
5: they think he's Tyson, like you said. If there's one thing I
3: know, it's my box. Like, you can go through
4: my Twitter feed. You can go through my predictions. Very rarely am I ever wrong about boxing. I call fights because I've watched this shit for a long time. Y'all who just started watching boxing and just all of a sudden like, oh yeah, Triple G's gonna lose because he's like Mike Tyson, y'all stop it. See me somewhere else with some kind of other argument. Argue with me about baseball or some shit. Talk to me about the white sides. Don't talk to me about no goddamn boxing.
3: Well, there's another big fight coming up this summer that we're really looking forward to. And we have one of the people from that fight yes, joining us today. So it's time to invite our guest in. Showtime. Here
2: he, here he is. I'm in the building. Showtime. Sean Porter here. 25-1-1. Looking to be 26-1-1 real soon. June 20th, I go against Adrian Brown at the MGM Grand. Y'all, please be there. Show up. Show out. It's going to be fun. Yo, huge
3: fight. Huge fight. Uh, like we were saying right before we came on air, yo, the, the summer is yours.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you put it to me like that because anyone who knows me knows I'm, I'm stingy. I want it all. So. You giving me the whole summer man i'm gonna take it you know summer all eyes on you it's a few months left but you know i'm gonna do something in the ring that night that's that's gonna leave an everlasting effect on everyone out there um just like you know my past performances have been
4: so sean so i've I've talked to you for a minute this is a fight that you've landed i'm sure you wanted this fight but when you got the call and said this is gonna be broner on free television so there's gonna be people that have never seen you fight before that's gonna tune in what
2: were your thoughts well, you know, what? going back to when I got the call that it was going to be Adrian Browner was, you know, just one of those things where people always say he's not, not going to fight you, he doesn't want to fight you, this and that. When we first got the call, we said, all right, just sign the contract, you know. Mm-hmm. So a little bit here and there, we would get a phone call letting us know how the things were progressing and they were going in the right direction. So we continue to do what we do, which is just continue to work hard. And, uh, you know, we finally got the call that he signed the contract and, you know, we full fledged in Kemp so, uh, so far. So. Um, you know, people that haven't seen me yet, it's going to be a treat. Uh, people that have seen me, you're going to see something that, you know, uh, you, you're going to get everything that you expect out of Sean Porter on June 20th. And uh, being on NBC is a, is, a, is just a pleasure. It's a treat. Like I said, it's like, you know, it's like for me, this fight is like a, uh, like a World Series or like the NBA Finals, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And people are just going to be able to tune in, check it out, and just become big fans of, you know, boxing and, and Showtime Sean Porter. I mean, d- dude, like I remember talking after Broner's
4: last fight and I was talking to a few of my boys, like, who shouldn't he fight? one <laughs> boy said so he should ever step in the ring with Sean Porter.
2: I've heard that. I've heard that. And, you know, it, it was one of those situations where you just don't think it's going to happen. But, you know, like my dad is, has taught me from day one when we decided to turn pro, he said, you always stay ready. So that way when that phone call comes, you, you're you ready for it, you know. So we've done everything we've done to this point to make sure that we're ready for a fight like Adrian Brown. No.
4: It's a catchway fight.
2: That's a catchway. So explain
4: this to me because it seems like it kind of works to his advantage at a catchway more than yours. So talk about that. Like, I,
2: I think, you know, on paper, it looks like it, it makes sense. And to them in their minds, I guess mm. it makes sense to make me come down a measly three more pounds. You know what I mean? that just All that means is like I work a little bit harder than I usually work. That's it. You know what I mean? So. He wants to catch weight to be 144 and, you know, try to get things to play in his hand in his favor. But, you know, anyone who's seen me fight knows that it's going to go down no matter what.
3: Yo, leading up to this fight, a lot of people know your personality. A lot of people know Broner's personality. It shouldn't be a hard fight to kind of sell beforehand. A lot of people are looking up. You know, looking forward to the buildup of the mm-hmm. fight as mm-hmm. much as you know the fight night. Yeah. What is it like fighting someone who who's going to bring that excitement, that that mouthpiece, the maybe a little bit of trash talk yeah. beforehand? Like, what is that like for you? Because usually, you know, you're you're the big personality in these fights.
2: Yeah. You know what? The good part about it is, I'm 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 liked. I'm respected. I'm appreciated for what I do in the ring. So I don't need to sell it with my mouth. I don't have a gimmick. My gimmick is, is, is doing what I do in the ring, the fast punches, the speed, the quickness, the power, mm-hmm. the agility, the versatility, all that. All that speaks for itself in the ring. You know what I mean? So I'm going to let him do what he does. He's got a big mouth. I understand that. A uh, good part about it is, you know, he's got a big mouth. My my ears, they kind of they close up when I hear something I don't, I don't want to hear. You know what I mean? So I'm going to stay off of the Instagram, the Twitter, all that kind of stuff, whatever he wants to say. You know, there won't be any backlash. All the backlash should be done on June 20th when it matters. You know what I mean? Right. So that's that's what matters to me. People uh, might say, oh, man, you're not fighting back. You're not saying nothing back. I don't care. I don't care. At the end of the day, he's going to have to fight back in the ring, and he's going to be in the square ring with a pit bull that night. <laughs> See, he's the
4: last time, you know, we seen him fight, he fought Molina and He kind of boxed he looked Mm -hmm. different Mm -hmm. um it looked like he was kind of preserving himself rather than going out there and i guess Mm -hmm. that's maybe a product of what happened in my donna fight Mm -hmm. what did you see did you see a more hesitant fighter when he fought molina
2: i saw a lot of that i saw a lot of him just trying to be in control pace himself uh stay on the outside and box molina which was smart which is what you do against somebody who has a heavy hand like uh, john molina does This between John Molina and Sean Porter is Sean Porter likes to throw punches, likes to come forward, has the speed and the quickness to catch up to the likes of a uh, Adrian Browner, you know. So at the end of the day, he can try to keep me on the outside, but I box him from the outside and I work my way in, get to his body. Same thing, different day.
3: Is there anything you can take from that Maidana fight where you saw? Because you know, Broner tried to go up. He tried to fight someone who was 147 pounds, mm-hmm. like naturally. He tried yeah. to, you know, test yeah. someone that was like that, yeah. and they were quick enough to hit him. Yeah. Is that something, you know, your, your skill set is up there with the Maidana's, you know, people in 147, just as good as any of them. Yeah. So is that something you think you can take from it? Like, okay, you know what? He can do that to people 140 and dance around, but when you get in there, you're going to corner him and really try to put it on him like Maidana did.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, someone like Maidana, uh, my, my feet are quicker. Hands are faster and I believe I'm stronger and, and more powerful than my Maidana My Donna was able to corner him, get close to him, make him uncomfortable, take his heart. And that's what we look to do. That's that's a big part of our game plan is is getting close to him, sticking on him and, and making this fight very, very uncomfortable and hard for him.
4: Do you want to make a meme out of Adrian Brown? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> because like dude, the when me- <laughs> you know the memes came after uh Pauly Malinaji, I wasn't ready for that, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I was just like, "Wow, you know what I mean." So, the I I expect you know this the fight will go the way we wanted to go. The memes will probably come up before the the, <laughs> the decision is announced. <laughs> I mean,
4: I know you don't want this thing to go to decision. I, I know you kind of like to flatten that kid, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, I know you're prepared to go 12 rounds
2: too. Oh, Yeah, we're more than prepared to go 12 rounds. Man, and we team Porter, we're we're a throwback team. I'm a throwback fighter, you know. 13, 14, 15 rounds. That's what we prepare for. Mm-hmm. That way when we get in there 12 rounds, three minutes with a minute rest, that's what, we, you know what I mean? It's 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 like clockwork. It's just like, you know, just doing it like it's like you do it in the gym. You work hard. You take it one round at a time. Make your adjustments. Game over.
3: As far as your fights, you know, your previous fights, you stated your record when you came on. Everyone knows your accomplishments. Who would you say – has been your toughest fight so far? Like, which fight have you grown most
2: from? I, I've grown from every fight, man. I honestly, from fight one to to now, every fight has had an everlasting impression on, on what I do in and out of the ring, the way I prepare, the whole nine. Uh, you take a look at the fight against Kell Brook. That's a fight that went 12 rounds and didn't go my way uh, for the you know for the, the decision, you know. And then there were also adjustments that needed to be made in the fight during the fight that, you know, I didn't necessarily make on time, every time, the right way. So that's a big fight that I can learn from as well as, you know, the last fight we just had where Eric Bonet went five rounds and was a knockout. But, you know, we were watching the Pauly Malinaji fight just before we went out to that fight and we wanted to do it the exact same Mm -hmm. way, but be more in control. And I think if you take a look at the last 30 seconds to minute of my last fight and the last 30 seconds to minute of, the Paula Malignaggi fight, you see the same Sean Porter with the punching and the power of the whole nine, but you see me more in control. You see me more direct with my with my shots. Mm-hmm. And that's just a testament to what we do in the gym. My dad continuing to work hard with me and make sure that I grow and learn every day, all day.
4: So 147 is crowded.
2: Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a pretty
4: crowded. damn loaded division. I appreciate
2: it, man. My dad, we, we made this move a few years ago and you know he just he said it needed to be done. I said okay. And that's how we work. You know, he lets me know the business and and, and the right way to go and go Mm -hmm. about things and doing them. And it's my job to do my part on carrying it out. So, you know, I I, I don't even know how long ago now it was. He said we needed to move down to 47. And at that that time, it was just Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao. I think Miguel Cotto was in there. Just a few names were, you know, making some noise. And he said, you know, this is where the big fights are going to be. And you look up probably four or five years later now i'm 147 pounds at the highlight of my career at the top of the division and that's where everybody wants to be that's where everyone's checking out so i'm um i'm in a very privileged position right now and i don't take it for granted and uh, i plan on being here a little while longer
4: i want to go back a little bit because those some listeners may not even know where you came from so kind of talk about what got you into boxing like what there's different reasons. I've heard cats that you'd be. I was fighting in the streets, and one day I fell into a gym, and I was yeah. whooping ass. So yeah. like, what, what was my, your story?
2: My story is so simple, man, but it's it's uh, it's it's brought me a long way. My dad used to box when I was uh when I was a little baby, and you know I, I like to tell a story where, you know, there's there's three of us, three boys, and he would take us to the gym, and his number one rule was we couldn't sit down. So he he started training us. I was four the youngest and you know got us going on our basic jab and in the, the double jab 1 2 all at 4 years old I was every day or every every other day that I can remember being going to the gym he, you put your bag down but you didn't sit down you wrapped <laughs> up and you got going you know and uh that's that's just how it how it went I don't know if you know his plan for us was for us to be you know young world champions we became that um you know and I know his plan wasn't for me to become a professional fighter, but I told him it was what I wanted to do, and he's he's made a way for me, and, um, you know, that my, my story is simple, but I appreciate it, and, and it's who I am, you know, uh, a lot of fighters are from the streets, have that dog in them, I, my dad has that dog in him, and he put it in me, you know what I mean, so people may think that because I'm not from the streets or because I didn't live that lifestyle that I can't keep up, but it's just something that's bred in me it's a, it's in my blood it's in my genes and I and I love it and I keep going
3: when did you know that you wanted to make this a career? Like you've been in this since you were four, but when did you wake up and you're like, "Yo, this is it. This is yeah. what I'm doing for we, life."
2: You know what? When, you know, just winning, 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 winning. That's what we did, and I, and I love every part of winning. I love everything that it brings, you know what I mean? It, it goes far beyond money, money for me, you know what I mean? Let's talk about the happiness and the, and the joy and the and the inspiration that I bring to other people, you know what I mean? All that, mm-hmm. you know, even at a young age, I was I was seeing that, living it, feeling it. And it got to a point where I was, you know, in high school. My high school football career wasn't going the way I wanted to go, uh, you know, and I wasn't getting offers. I was getting, you know, walk on and and you'll start, you know, punt return, kick return, and, you know, I wasn't from the streets, but I ain't had the money to pay for school, you know what I mean? And so I took a look at it, and this is how I told my dad. I said, this is boxing. It's just me. I can control this, Mm -hmm. you know. I work hard every day. In this boxing game, you know, when I played football, I worked extremely hard, but I had to rely on 10 other guys every time I was on the field. You know what I mean? I told my dad, I said, we can control this. We can we can control the outcome of what we do right. and how we get it done. And, and he, he appreciated that about what I wanted to do. And uh, ever since then, since I was about 18 is where I really wanted to do this. Uh, he said, we're going for the Olympic Games first. And, you know, we made it as an alternate. In mm-hmm. uh, 2008, I went to Beijing after that. That that was what I called the the fun. After that, you know, the work became, you know, a steady process, and this brought me to 25-1-1. One and one. So um,
4: do you remember – I asked this to Tony Harrison the other day. I got a funny answer, and I'll share it later. Do you remember the first time you knocked somebody out and what it felt like, that feeling?
2: Man, um, it goes all the way back to, you know, overwhelming guys when I was <laughs> – 10 11 years old and just making them stop making them quit i would fight the same guys four or five times because that was just how the amateurs went you know i know they hated that yeah they hated it and they hated it and and uh i I loved it (laughs) i you guys man i'm not y'all know me y'all know. y'all know i'm not a vicious person but i would literally see how long it would take me to bust somebody's nose or or their lip when i was Eight nine years old. Damn. After that, after that first round, I was looking <laughs> over to see if they was bleeding. Like it was just something in me, you know what I mean. So um, I can remember hitting guys at 13, 14 years old, and just filling it in my gloves, and them and them going down. And it just there's a fulfillment that I get from it that is like no other. You know what I mean. And 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 that's what I look for when I fight now. That same that same type of passion mm-hmm. and burn. It's like a burn. You know what I mean. But I love it.
3: Hold on. We got a question for your dad since he's sitting right here. Quick question. Yo, when did you know he was, uh, yeah, grab any of the mics. Come on. Yeah, we can grab my... Yeah, Yeah, which, whichever one. When did you know that he had it? When did you know he was special?
6: It, what is it? What? It. What... Like,
3: he was going to be a professional. Like, he had the talent to be a professional. Well, like, yo, see, you can do
6: this. See, first of all, I never had that conversation with him. So, I never envisioned him as a professional boxer, but. I knew he had it when he was four or five years old. Everything he did, he had to do at full speed. You know, if you ask him to take out the trash, he took off running from the living room to the kitchen, grabbed the bag, ran out the house with it, put it out there, ran back up the steps, jumped over all the steps and came back in the house waiting on you to tell him to do the next thing. So whatever that was that he was doing, he did everything at the highest rate of speed he could and he was extremely strong. I was strong when I was a kid. So I knew that he was going to be good at all sports. So, you know, it was it was nothing new when he started playing football and basketball and all those, you know, all the sports that he excelled at all of them. And a lot of people don't know, Sean was the USA Today Player of the Week in football, Old Spice Red Zone Player of the Year. You know, so he broke some records in his schools. And, you know, he was that MVP on all those teams growing up. You know, when he was 10 years old, he's playing on a 13-year-old team, starting. And they needed him, you know what I mean? <laughs> but the thing but is –
2: The one game, they didn't, our, our uh, guard went down I had to play guard. They put him in a guard.
6: They put him in a guard. <laughs> guard. But that was because they wanted to secure that win, you and, know what I mean? And if you
2: could imagine, I'm 10 against guys that are 13, you see the size difference. But, again, that's what he instilled in me. Being able to, no matter what, do what I have to do. You
6: know, you know what, what mean? I mean. So we switched him out from linebacker <laughs> to guard. He ain't no block, but you know he did what he had to do. Point being, you know, I knew that he was gonna be a great athlete at a young age, and uh, you know, as he continued to grow and and play all these sports and he was successful, the thing that he encountered was what which was what he just said. You know he needed somebody to block for him or he needed somebody else to make the tackles. And, you know, every time the announcement is made and you're the guy on the tackles, you're the guy, guy, you know, running the ball, you're the guy scoring the touchdown, you're the guy getting the interception, you need some help, especially when you get to them higher levels. When you play that team that is going to the state every year, you know. Exactly. So, yeah, I knew he was going to be a great athlete, just didn't know, you know, that it was going to be boxing. What was
3: it like for you as a father when – You know, he came up to you and said, I want to be a professional boxer. And it came down to the point of, I'm going to train you. Like, what is that like for you?
6: Actually, when he came to me, he came to me and he said, oh, you know, I'm not going to college to play football. And I said, oh, yes, you are. And we kind of went a little bit back and forth in regards to that, and he said, well, I need to talk to you about it, and I said, all right, go ahead, and he said, no, we really need to talk, and I said, go ahead, you know, and he's still standing here looking at me, he said, no, we we really need to talk, so we went walking, and we walked for about an hour, and, uh, you know, my thing was, you got this stack of letters, you know, he's a humble kid, but there were a lot of schools looking at him, you know, it may not be... What you want, it may not be the school that you want exactly, but it may be a situation. It may be a situation that gets you on to the next level, you know, or gets you on the football field and continue with your um, football career and gets you the education. So that's what I was looking at, which was, you know, it was great. You know, this is a payoff for all these years of playing this ball. So I'm going to move to Vegas and I'm going to train boxers. You go play football. I see you on Saturdays. And he said no i i I want to you know i want to go with you and i want to you know train and and i want to be a boxer so um you know it just so happens that uh every decision he's made to this point has worked out well he's been successful and we got no regrets so he's still gonna have to go to college at some point
4: (laughs) so i've heard there's always some horror stories about father and son parents in boxing some of them are great stories where it's like, we came up together and everything worked out. Then you hear, it's like, I had to fire my dad. What's it like? <laughs> What's y'all relationship? I know you guys bump heads occasionally, but how do you keep it? Do you keep boxing in the gym and does it come home with you at the end of the day? Or how does, it, how does this relationship work out?
6: He's asked me to keep boxing in the gym. Other people have suggested I keep boxing in the gym. Boxing is 24 seven. You can't keep it in the gym. Doesn't matter who you are. See, if I'm training somebody, For example, the closest I can be to the kid, the relationship that I want, the trust factor that I need in him and he needs in me is to be like a father. That's the closest you can possibly be. Unfortunately, a lot of guys don't get that close. I I raise one. You can't get no closer than that. So, you know, anything and everything that has to be done in preparation for a fight, we do it together. And we work it out. And just like anything else, like I, I was yelling at him the other day in the gym, and uh, I went over to another young boxer who wants to work with me. He's 2-0. and I said, I'm yelling at him, and he's the world champion. What do you think you gonna get from me? You know, but you just can't, you can't leave boxing at home. You know, boxing is 24-7, it's 365, and for those guys like Adrian Bronner, who like to play boxing, uh-uh, you play football, you play basketball, you play baseball, but nobody plays punch me in the face. It just, that's not, you know, that's not playing. Nobody says, hey, let's run outside and hit each other in the face. It just, you know, so it's going to catch up to him on the June the 20th, I suspect.
2: I think both of us make each other's jobs easy. You know, where you have uh, other, you know, father and son duels or whatever who, you know, they may have discrepancies or disagreements or, you know, I don't like this or that. I've always been taught from day one, you know, you don't talk back, you do what you're told to do. And I think it's just plain and simple that I should and I do maintain that level of respect to the point where I don't question or ask or argue back, you know what I mean? And, you know, even then, and there are some instances where it does happen. And then guess what? I'm the one taking a step back, realizing that you know what I did was wrong, or w- or how I went about uh, uh, responding to it was not the right, was not the correct way, um, and vice versa. He understands that I'm gonna always be here. I'm gonna always do what he asked me to do. He got nothing to worry about. We're gonna take care of the business, and we're gonna have fun and and love each other and enjoy it. So we we've, we've really made each other's uh, jobs easy, and this is this is how we like it.
4: Uh, how do y'all keep the girls away? I know they coming.
2: you know know, it's easy for me because i don't like i don't like uh groupies they bug me man (laughs) most most people be like man what are you talking about i don't like a female who just you know just throwing it at you like have some class you know what i mean stay out of the dms (laughs) i I stay i stay at home for the most part i'm in las vegas but i don't drink i don't smoke i don't gamble y'all see me at the movies all the time or bowling or or doing what I do is called having clean fun you know what I mean playing some pool watching a, a basketball game that we, we got to get home too we, we went paintballing the other day you know what I mean we went he paintballing shot me the other day. yeah he shot me you know what I mean it's just With stuff that's gun, gonna keep me lively and, gun, and having you know, fun and stuff. you know focus on the right things you know what I mean so girls really ain't you know I, I love them and they love me but you know it's, <laughs> <laughs> it only goes so far <laughs> Yo, you
3: had mentioned uh you know chilling at home and you like movies and all that today for our pound for pound list um i decided that you know we should kind of have a movie theme to this joint so there's there's a ton of movies out there we could have chose and uh you watch a lot of them but we Probably all just saw Avengers and you know super big comic book nerd right here. So yeah, and uh, hey, you know
2: what though, I'm 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 spoiled because I wasn't the comic book era; I was the cartoon era. You know what I mean? So everything y'all read about, I just got to see the cartoon. You know what I mean? And and now when they when they're coming out with these movies that are exactly like the cartoons, where they able to have these effects that y'all didn't have in them comic books. I ain't had none of that. You know what I mean? I'm spoiled <laughs> to the point where I don't even want to read. You
4: know what I mean? Yeah, so, no, I feel. I mean. <laughs> Dog, uh, I came up watching Spider Man and you yeah. probably remember the incredible hulk with Lou Ferrigno yeah. and the effects were terrible. Yeah. And I used to read the comic books like, damn it, why can't they ever get this thing right? <laughs> <laughs> they get it right now. The Avengers, I was like, yo, they got it right. Yeah. So
3: X Men still breaks my heart though. I used to watch the X Men cartoon mm-hmm. when it was dope and yeah. Rogue could fly. Yeah. Yeah, yo. I saw the movie, she yeah. couldn't fly, I was like, I'm out of here. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't do it.
2: What's she doing? She like running and through the walls or yeah, something. Like right? yo, she was just
3: horrible. Yeah, she didn't she, do was nothing. Yeah, like, she was nothing. Was a she a flyer. She
2: touched yeah. people's face for half yeah, the week. Yeah, the last movie yeah, yeah, and that's like what she, she was she doing. She couldn't do Boo. anything else. Yeah. <laughs> it was so dope in, in and they, the cartoon. You know what though? They keep showing that one on, on, on HBO that I've become a fan of it. <laughs> I've become a fan of it. I didn't, when the first time I seen it I was like, eh, that was alright but I've seen it so many times I'm like, alright, this, this one wasn't that bad. This one wasn't that bad.
3: Alright, what's some of your favorites then? Like superhero uh, drawings?
2: Obviously the last the last Avengers was was completely boss. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was completely boss. I'm looking forward to obviously the new. Um, Superman versus Batman, y'all heard about that one? Yes. yes. And then the new, the new uh, Fantastic Four. Yeah,
4: well, man, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
2: But if you want to go back to the last uh, Spider-Man that they made, I really like the last Spider-Man. They're coming out with that, the new Amazing Spider-Man series. Yeah. I like the actor. He's he's pretty uh pretty fresh. He just dropped out mean? too, yo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Andrew yeah, Garfield, yeah, man, right. he's good. Sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He went from the Social Network to that, so I was hip to him, and um. Uh, let's talk about the new uh, Mad Max, because I just seen that. See, I haven't seen it yet. I've heard was oh, amazing you know, was thing. It crazy? Listen, 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 listen. <laughs> somebody, because, you know, I do my posts and everything. I know. And somebody brought to my attention, they was like, yo, I couldn't dig it. And they was fighting in the desert for two hours. That wasn't my thing. I say, you know what? They fighting in the in the desert for two hours, so I can understand how that storyline don't really, don't really go with you. But. The action that they brought, you know what I mean? The, the 3D effect on this movie was so live, usually I sit close to the screen to get it. My dad was with somebody, and we went all the way up to the top. I was kind of like, all right, how this going to work out? My dad is reaching for the screen. Yeah, I'm point. reaching. I'm <laughs> grabbing stuff. Yo, I'm serious. I was I was like, and the girl was sitting here, and she good looking. I'm like,
6: damn, um, you... I, you see it, right? You do see that. Yeah.
2: I ain't tripping. Yeah, so you know I, what I
6: mean. It was, dude. It was coming right at me, yeah. and I looked up. I'm like, oh man. The effect. You was see sweet. that though, right? Yeah. You see
2: that. The effect was sweet, man. And so that you was know, that was a really great movie. Reach, I, I literally I been, got. I I I didn't know no, it was I a was. I didn't know it was a remake. So I tried to watch the original with uh was what, Mel, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson yeah. Gibson, yeah. And uh it I was about uh about forty, forty five minutes in, man. I'm a really I'm a real movie watcher, so mm. I, I gave it a chance. I was like, yo, this is whack. I don't know about <laughs> I said I don't know about the going to see the new one, right? And then my dad said, We gotta go see a movie, what movie are we gonna take these guys to see? I was like, you know what? Let's go, just go see Mad Max. I wasn't excited about it, but you know, leaving the theater, I was I was really pleased with that one.
3: Yo, you really had that or Pitch Perfect. That was like your only two choices. <laughs> like, you know, if you would have chose Pitch Perfect over uh, Mad Max, we would have yeah. had a whole different conversation <laughs> yeah, we got, right we, now. Exactly. We got a few
2: more weeks before something really dropped. So it was like Mad Max was really the only thing. Um, What's that movie coming out with the Pitch, Pitch Perfect. I am going to check that out, but not in theaters. I saw Pitch Perfect. <laughs> not you theaters. saw Pitch
4: Perfect. Yeah, the, uh, I'm sorry. He also
3: watches Bad Girls Club.
2: Which we found i out did last
4: watch week. back hey man don't just disrespect me on this show <laughs> <laughs> cut it out yo before you go drop drop all the the jewels the, the instagram the twitter and all that even though you say you're not going to be on it building up the fight but people still want to follow i'm
2: gonna still you. i'm gonna do my posts and everything and um you know i'm gonna ignore the rest y'all feel free to comment i will see them from time to time showtime sean p on everything twitter instagram facebook Showtime, Sean P. Always said it was going to get bigger and better soon. It's coming up June 20th at the MGM Grand. Showtime, Sean Porter versus Andre, or I'm sorry, Adrian Browner.
3: It's all right. You can mess up his name. We, we got time. <laughs> we got time. Look, look it's probably so you can mess up his
4: face. Yo, yeah. yo, whatever. I mean, the kid just was on Instagram pouring out, like, a bottle of liquor at the club. Didn't even drink any of it. He just poured the whole thing out.
3: I don't know. I saw him get handcuffed Floyd weekend. Yeah, you're
4: right. It's two bottles. It was two bottles of liquor he poured out. Come on, man. you know. You can feed somebody's kids with that. Cut yeah, it out. Yo. Yeah,
2: I ain't got time for that. Yeah. So, <laughs> this this is what he's doing to prepare better, for the fight, I guess. I, could, I yeah. got I better things to do with my time, which is, you know, prepare, stay ready, and, you know, look forward to the, to the big opportunities that this sport has to bring me, my, my team, and my family. Yo, we're going to take a quick break,
3: come right back, speak to some more guests, and, you know, we're just going to keep it rolling. Appreciate yes, it y'all,
2: is. man. I'll be back real soon.
3: All right. Stay tuned. For sure. <laughs> All right, welcome back. You're still listening to The Corner, and right now we have another guest. Brett Lawson
1: here, uh, longtime friend of Kel Dansby. Uh,
3: had to bring him in, had to bring him in. Brett works radio everywhere. A <laughs> little bit of here, a little bit there. Right now, ESPN out yep. here in Vegas. Just, so. got,
1: just got the internship a few days ago with ESPN Radio 1100 right here in Las Vegas, Nevada. When I'm out in uh, Iowa, it's a uh, host of Laying Down the Law, Karen Elliott LA 9.7 FM Radio, and Kel... Uh, Frequent contributor to the show, done yes, uh, yes. many spots. So this is the way I return the favor. Plus, I'm a big fan of what you guys got going here. I've listened to every every, sh- every episode so far, so it's awesome to finally, uh, finally nice. be a part of it. Yeah, nice. look at that.
3: Everyone, make sure you hit us up on the mailbag. Uh, forgot to mention that already. So it's thecornerpod at gmail.com. Thecornerpod at gmail.com. Let Andres know when he is full of shit and Come wrong. On.
4: Like, really...
3: It happens. It doesn't take long for you to start shit, right? I'm just saying. It, it happens. All right, let, moving let
4: on. Let's,
2: let's,
3: <laughs> we need to talk Uriah Faber, Frankie Edgar, UFC. And it was in Manila. It was early as shit yeah, in the morning. I was yeah. up for it. You were up. up.
4: Yeah, I had. To, I told you I had to cover the Taylor Swift concert. So I ended up <laughs> having to write my story that night. So I just kind of woke up and finished up what I was doing. And it was like, bam, look, Mark I was watching Mark Munoz.
3: Oh, that was a good fight, though. Munoz, Munoz did his thing.
4: Yeah, I was surprised. I was kind of surprised he won. I thought he might have went out on his back.
3: Yeah, yeah. So did I. But then everyone was the longer awaited Frankie Edgar, Uriah Faber, and we were hype about it. Everyone was hype about it. And everyone was not hype about it because a lot of people did
4: not know that fight was happening.
3: Really? Come on, man.
4: If you that fight should. Uh, I've said this before. It was one of the most underserved main events with two major names that I've ever seen with the UFC. People totally forgot about it.
1: I feel when they first announced it, it was a big deal. Like, the whole Manila aspect, the fact it's Frankie versus Uriah. I think when they first announced it that week, it got more hype than the fact when the actual card came close. It got buried between Floyd and,
3: and everything else in boxing. like. And it was at 7 a.m. Yeah,
1: that did not help. Nah,
3: 7 a.m. is rough. I mean, I, I didn't see no undercard fights, no nothing. I watched
4: it. I T-voted. But, again, man, it's... It's one of those fights that two years ago could have headlined any major card. And then you put it on this, a, a free card, a fight night card, and nobody cared about it.
3: Fight morning.
4: And the fight wasn't that dope. Like, it was a wash. It, in, many aspects, in many respects, it was a wash. And, and it, it, I figured Frankie was going to win. I just didn't think Uriah wouldn't be able to pull out a round. You know, I thought he was going to be able to do – I thought the wrestling would have came into play, but, I, you know, I, I tend to forget sometimes how great of a wrestler that Frankie is and how good he is at stuff and takedowns. His footwork was impeccable, and his boxing was on point, and he just kind of made Uriah look old.
3: Yeah, Uriah didn't look good at all. I mean, I'm not the biggest Frankie Edgar fan. I'll, I'll go on the record. Oh, I, we know that. Yeah, like, it's just he's not my favorite to watch, but – Oh, that's I why you said Chad Mendel was gonna knock him out. That's why you told me mm-hmm. Chad Mendes was gonna knock yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I mean I always pick against Frankie and he you know, he surprises yeah. me sometimes. A lot of the times. But I, I just don't I don't see it with him. I don't see what a lot of other people see and it, to me his window is closing. But he keeps winning and they keep they keep putting him against the likes of B J Penn yeah. and now Uriah Faber and Sooner or later, you can't protect him anymore, though. Well, He's going to not- have to go after someone young, and he has to fight for the title again and lose, and that, that's all fine and dandy, and that's the story of Frankie the, Edgar. It's the slander. I'm bro, just do saying. You, do,
1: all right, but yeah. do you agree with this? What do you A- saying? Absolutely not. Okay, like, thank you. I, I understand what you mean by the, the window closing, but the fact that you say that pretty much that's all that Frankie Edgar is at this point in time. Granted, you know, we saw him dominate and – Pretty much, not even aging. B.J. Penn, a, just a, a done, a carcass, a, a carcass. B.J. Penn, a, a lot, you know, lifeless. B.J. Penn, but what he was able to do to a guy like Uriah, it, it was impressive. Because you know, Uriah, yeah, he's not what he once was, but Uriah, he's still one of the best submission fighters, all in all, that they have in the promotion. He's a great athlete. He always just, and he always just seems to be on the up and up. I don't know if that a lot has to do with you know the gimmick of the whole California kid. Of the of the fan base, you know, because people love him. But he always seems relevant, even though he may not be technically, you know, quote unquote, in his prime. So I think I, I get what you're saying about how Frankie's window may be closing, because quite frankly, it is. Especially you look at some other up and comers in that in you know in the division he's he's competed in. But to say full blown that that's all he is, and once they put him against you know uh, a young buck, that he's just gonna get his ass whoop. That's a little. I think you're selling him a little
4: short. I mean, come on, man. He he just he he stopped Cub Swanson, who was rolling. In the division, Cub was rolling in the division. Who else beats Frankie Edgar in that division right now?
3: I mean, I don't, I don't think Frankie can. I, I didn't think he'd beat Uriah. So that's that's that says one. says a lot. And He just yeah. got a unanimous decision. And unanimous decision. I smell the hate. He's not, your, he's not winning a championship. So, I
4: mean, there's take a lot of guys of
3: aren't winning championships. Yeah, you got guys
4: like Jose Aldo sitting at the top of the
3: division. Nobody's winning. Aldo, championships. he doesn't beat McGregor. I don't care what people say. Bad. It doesn't happen. That's interesting.
4: Bad,
1: bad, bad. That's fun right there. You see yeah.
3: Frankie get stopped. The day you see Frankie McGregor, you see Frankie get stopped. Frankie hasn't been stopped, man. I mean, what do you come up with this stuff? It's in the top of my head. It, uh, genius thoughts Clearly. just roll out at the top of my head. And Frankie, who people could hardly imagine being stopped, would get stopped by Connor. And he'd look really old really fast. <laughs> and that's 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 what happens. Like this it, why it is why we
4: this is why you're my co-host because you come up with shit that nobody else is going to agree with. No, I mean, every fucking
3: some, loves Frankie. Like, like oh, he could beat Frankie. Connor, Connor can handle
1: a wrestler. This, what I want is words stuff on my radio show. You're I'm not saying you're conservative by any means, but you I feel you're more like straight line where. You're being radical right now. Of course, I mean, I've listened to some of your views the past couple of uh, episodes. You know, since all the, ridiculous. Since the, de- the <laughs> since the debut show. But how you're doing, Frankie, right now? I mean, the guy breaks people down. He's Listen, rela- He's relentless in there.
3: I can see when someone has it, Frankie doesn't have it. Then what is it? Like your it? boy what's, Dolph Ziggler. What's I, the answer? I, I, I call oh it my. how I see it. Some people don't got it.
4: So what does Frankie have? The, he was a, the lightweight champ. Yep. He has been answer, dominated. Baby. He's only lost to Jose Aldo at featherweight. And... He just beat Uriah Faber, who Uriah only loses to champions. It's true. So where does the Frankie Edgar hate come from?
3: It's not even hate. It's just no. That's hate. This is full blown hate. (laughs) Yeah, I I just don't see the ceiling with Frankie. Like I think he's past the prime, and I okay, you know they want to put him on cards, but there's a reason he was fighting in Manila, especially even with a fight that hardcore MMA fans wanted to see with him and Uriah, is Frankie
1: wasn't going to sell anything bigger. But wouldn't you say that's a knock on Uriah just as much as Frankie then? No, because
3: Uriah. Okay, Uriah also has been coming off of several cards where he headlined the free fights on Fox and Fox Sports One. Pre all that. Yeah, yeah, but Uriah has cornrows. He's a white boy with cornrows. Like ask Justin Timberlake. People love that shit. So he can headline tons of stuff. You you don't have to you don't have to sell him. But Frankie, there's a reason why he didn't fight last July on the main card. He fought the next night. And him and headline Ultimate Fighter, yeah, yeah it was o- Ultimate headlined Fighter. Ultimate Fighter. When anyway. was the last time Frankie headlined something of note? Give him any type of number. But UFC I mean, what? But but I mean, give ha- him a number. You have, UFC the, what?
4: you have to look overall with the division. The lighter weights weren't headlining any cards, any major pay per views. Till Jose Aldo, it wasn't happening. Edgar Aldo was
1: the co-main event. It wasn't well, of Frankie he was on a numbered card. You're using a very pro wrestling so oriented mentality in this like who's over and who's a drawing factor. Are we talking strictly what he can do in the octagon or just his relevance in he the He can't sport? be the
3: champ he can't be the champ and he can't sell. I got no use for you. Ugh, you hate. gotta do one or the other. You it's better rough, sell man. or you gotta be
4: the champ. The hate like okay, going back, you say Conor McGregor destroys Frankie Edgar.
3: He stops Frankie Edgar. Correct. Anybody else? I mean No, I uh, would take
1: if they if they if they went at it, I would pick Connor right now. But I mean, define full bone stop. Are you talking in dominating fashion? Because
3: he has to get. He has to, no, I no, mean, no. What are you talking? No, about? not at all. I, I think he catches him with one. Well, and I, can, and I respect Frank enough catch, to give him can that. He catch
1: Jose Aldo, who's.
3: I, I, I anticipate him catching uh, well, Jose out. Al- well, no, before the shit talk. Yeah, listen, I. Look, I, the I shit totally, talking has changed a lot. See,
1: I'm, I'm big on the shit talk. I, I mean, maybe this was just me being a chill, no, sunning guy over the years, but I, I feel the shit talk works with him. No, you don't. You don't poke
3: a, a sleeping
1: bear. Like
3: I don't know. Aldo was very lackadaisical in his past couple fights. No motivation. He will be motivated, and we will see the best Aldo we've seen since what. We haven't seen a great UMC' We haven't seen a great WEC? great
4: Aldo since W E C. Or oh, maybe the
3: Faber fight. Maybe the Faber fight. Good. W- All right.
4: WEC Aldo was mowing people W-E-C down W E C
3: Aldo is what I expect like, to get. And I'm not sure if Connor's ready for that per well, se. But um Frankie, yeah, he tough. He's just he has no no shot at being a champ. What is he gonna do? He can move up, but at this point what I put Frankie <sighs> versus who's who's the number one contender in the other division? Cowboy? Nah, I mean you got Khabib and you got yeah. Pettis and- Oh, they're, they're both injured though So right now Cowboy is so your number one contender really right?
1: talking right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah
3: So he's not as good as Cowboy He can't move up and get a title He can't stay in his division and get a title He can't move down Like, what is he doing? So, so
4: Kel, in your world Any fighter who's not number one or two should just quit Should just stop
3: fighting and go home There was once this great philosopher His oh. name is Ricky Bobby Oh good. He said Lord. if you're not first, you're last Jesus Christ All Where's right. to live by all right, you, enough, to uh, enough
4: of your Edgar slander. We, we got to move on. Wow. This, this, this is ridiculous. Let's talk about 187.
1: Wow. The people in the Jersey Shore, I just starting. despise right? you. And
3: I'm, he comes out to Biggie. You know how yeah, much man, I want right? to love just, someone who comes out to Biggie? You just disrespect him. In my heart's a hearts, I, I mean, love the entrance. Have you seen a boring Frankie Edgar fight? Nah. I mean, no, he usually stops people. The Penn fight really, to me, it was surprising. And I liked his work in that fight because he dominated Penn. But That's Penn was on that. his way out, and then this time Uriah, I thought, would give him a better fight. I thought Uriah was going to win and just slip in a choke or something, and he dominated that. But once again, hes they're giving him people on a platter to fight. Like, okay, give him someone young. And they let didn't him move give him up. Cub
4: Swanson. That was not a gimme, and a Uriah fight was not a gimme either. You just said you picked Uriah
3: Faber. I did pick, pick Uriah. Eggers. I so not what happened to Uriah. How's he getting Uriah, served up on the Uriah planet? Uriah doesn't like fighting at 7 a.m. I don't know what the hell to oh, tell my. you on that one.
1: Like, it, it wasn't good for Uriah. I don't think it, it was – it wasn't 7 a.m. their time. It was regular time their time. Just our time. Yeah, I mean,
3: but – that's seven.
1: You, you oh, are so your body doesn't change. by the hate. You're using time zones now.
3: <laughs> you can give me wherever you want. It's seven oh, a.m. for me, it's seven a.m. for me. Oh my. Oh. He listen, I don't know what happened to Uriah. That's what I'm saying. He he took so an So You ass blame with
4: Uriah and don't give Frankie credit,
3: basically. Is what Frankie doing. did his thing. Frankie fought whoever they put in front of him. I'd like to see them put someone better in front of Frankie. Like who? Someone younger. Give him a who? Someone somebody. Give me There's, somebody. He beats Ricardo
4: Lamas. Okay, he beats he already beat Cub Swanson. Cub Swanson was white hot, yeah, and uh, yeah, Cub was on fire. He beats Max Holloway.
3: You know who I want to see him fight next? Like in all honesty, um, I'd like Poirier to move down. Poirier's not moving back down. He just moved up. No, he just moved up, but he looks great at that new and weight, he's right? He's going to stay a lightweight. He's not moving down. He but I'd no like way. to see him. So, so Frankie move up. I want to see that fight. I just, j- I just, I just, I want to see him against someone young and spry, and just see what the hell he happens been instead of someone a on the plus side of thirty-five years old. For the last year and a half, like, come on, your like, slander is your I mean, stiches. how old is Cub? Cause, should I look this up? Before, before how old is Cub, let's let's look up Cub's age.
1: Well, why are you doing that? Before before we move on, can I ask you this? When did this like hatred for Frank Ager start? Was it like 2010 when he really broke out? Was it there all along, or did it just like happen recently?
3: No, he just doesn't do it for me. Like it's it's just I've never felt an attachment to frankie egger like i watch his fights and he's good and he wins but you know him and uriah before this fight obviously had like similar paths where you know they're really good they're good enough to be everyone else in the division just not be champion uh in which frankie was champion so i can't take that away from well yeah him. um beating one of the best of all yeah, time to get the championship lately uh, i should say uh and it just never never did it to for me like i was just like okay yo the, he's just kind of just riding along riding the wave Maybe he doesn't have like super huge knockouts. I I don't know. I just I can't find the one moment that just sticks out in my head. And I was like, "Yo, Frankie Edgar is the truth," and I, I still can't. I honestly, now the can't. resiliency
4: against Gray Maynard that didn't matter when he we got. Dropped I don't
3: want. to. I'm tired of seeing Frankie the underdog. No, like I I just want to see him. You want to put him top three in the division? All this stuff, fine. Let's let's see him get into two or one. Like sooner or later, you got to keep going up. Well, that's He's what just he gonna does. be number three all the time. I can't He's talk not to being you about the top this anymore.
1: Two. Uh, see, this is—he's not being the top two. The, the fact I'm actually here for this, this is this is great. I'm looking up when Culp, you when Culp you hear Swanson it, face. it's great, but it's not the same as actually being here. Because you, you see the disgust in his face yeah. when he talks about Frankie
4: Edgar.
3: Yo, it just—it really. Nah. I just don't see it. You can't slander my boy. Let's uh, let's talk. You will see
4: 187. Cub Swanson's 31. All right, there, and that's and that's go. relatively young. Cub Swanson is 31, and how many wins did he have in a row before he fought Frankie?
3: Oh, he had a good amount. There yeah, you
4: go. Yeah, he was destroying people. Cub Swanson looked like he was about to have that title shot mm-hmm. and get his rematch with Jose Aldo from WEC.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cub was doing his thing. He's also lost to Max Holloway since, though. He had six fights in a row that he won. That's pretty damn good. He beat Dustin Poirier, yeah, which was good in that run. pretty beat damn good. Yeah, he was, he was on a roll. He's lost two since. So... Never mind. Anyway. Yo, I, I I can't do it. Like yeah, Frankie, yeah, Frankie's party. cool. Like whatever. I can't I can't get behind Frankie. Like I, I feel like you just you guys just set yourself up for disaster. Nope. But not uh-oh. when he wins. But we'll
4: see. <laughs> Yo, looking at this card this weekend, it's probably the most. It, it kind of held together, even though John Jones fell out fell out because we had so many fights that have just been ruined by injuries. Um, what fight are you looking forward to seeing the most on this card?
1: You know. It, it probably still is the light heavyweight bout, just because I like I really just love the fact that we have you basically had a guy who was a freak athlete, great all around. you know, we, I know you guys hate his boxing, but unorthodox striker who has outstanding MMA wrestling, you know, for those who are listening, there is a difference. Big difference. Outstanding takedown, defense, submissions all around versus a guy who's white hot, has the deadliest hands of, out of anyone really right now and it's just knocking people out left and right. And I love the fact that even though we don't get that John Jones, you know, the number 1 pound for pound fire in the world, some people say num- number 1 fire of all time. We still get a guy like Daniel Cormier who even though he lost his most recent bout with John Jones and when we were all, you know, there for, a great fight until he hit the fatigue wall. We it's really not too much of a drop off cuz he still really is next in line. You know, Gustafsson everyone wanted to see the rematch, but he got he got dropped by he got dropped by Rumble. So you can't just throw Gustafson back in there after he just got beat by Johnson in his hometown in dominating fashion. DC gets the shot. Rumble's still wide hot. It doesn't change anything about Rumble's momentum. DC gets another shot at the belt. You have an interesting matchup between a guy with hands of stone as a striker and who's just a, a beast ever since, you know, his, his stint his return stint in the UFC. And a guy who, in terms of wrestling credentials, is probably the best in the business, quite frankly.
3: DC did make a good point though. He said he didn't knock out Phil. Like he, there's people he hasn't knocked out, and, and Rumble is really good when someone will stand and strike with him. But wrestling aspects, he he'll, he'll let that get into a wrestling match.
1: Yeah, but in all in all honesty, Phil probably wishes he got knocked out. He probably would have taken a whole lot less punishment. Phil got tore up against Rumble. Oh, Rumble
3: dominated him, but yeah. he didn't knock him out. Well, I mean, just true. For him. And I think D.C.'s counted on that he won't get knocked out. Um, I mean, the guy has one loss, so that's going to be a great fight. Andres, what's your number one fight tonight, though? I mean, that fight
4: still remains. It's my most intriguing fight because I, I can't pick a winner. Like, I, I'm struggling to pick a winner in this fight. So I'm very intrigued at how this thing will play out. Um, but, you know, there's, I, I, I'm really interested, and in, it's not even on the main card, the Makovsky-Johnson fight. I've been big on Zach McCoskey when he was in Bellator. And to see him get this fight against John Dodson, he I was could gonna either go show going to go for the same
3: fight. Up. He could either show up or get flattened because Dodson is a savage with the his The truth. Hands. And Dodson, I think, would have fought Mighty Mouse if it wasn't for, what, tearing his ACL on a yeah. Yeah. trampoline or some shit with his kids. Like, just a it's crazy so, it's freak so Dotson, accident. Though. Like, when you hear
4: that shit, it's, it's so John Dodson. No, you yeah, met I, him, it's like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I was about
3: to say, yeah, I completely believe that. Yeah. All the stories I've heard about him, I believe, are true. I, I, I don't know him. The guy's true, just but, a ball of yeah. energy, yo. Like, yeah. just – He's funny, Non-stop man. energy. But you know what's funny? John
4: Dodson as champion is better than Demetrius Johnson as champion because John Dodson is so much more intriguing as a person. I love DJ as a fighter. <laughs> He's not an entertainer. He's yeah. just not entertaining. Nah, no. nah. No. No, no. And but Dodson winning that title and Dodson doing interviews and Dodson sitting in press row and Dodson on ESPN is so fun. And I Dod- want
3: to see Dodson get back <laughs> in that. position. Yeah, he has legit knockout power for that weight, which is crazy. So I mean that that was going to be my most intriguing fight, Dodson. I I don't want to like take the same fight though on Swagger Jack. So I mean outside of that, I guess I have to choose Wideman. Wideman's my my number two because I'm waiting for him to hit the wall. Like sooner okay. or later. Those injuries have to catch up with right, you, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. See, this is see, this is interesting because I know you're big on Weidman. Maybe not as big as I am because you know you call him my boy all the time. All Fine. Time. Chris Weidman's my boy. Anyone you follow me on Twitter at ObeyTheLawson. Yeah, my Twitter name's a little more a uh, little more complex than these two. I, yeah. I kind of incorporate the puns in there. Yeah, I like Weidman. I know you do too. But you every time, whether it's on my radio show, whether it's your articles, whether it's your tweets, just you know BS conversation, you always talk about him hitting the wall now. That's understandable because he, he, the injuries, he battles the injuries. And now he has a guy in his backyard named Luke Rockhold. So that could be the wall every bit as much as hurting his knee in training. Yep. But you focus on this fight right here. Vitor Belfort, I, I, I'll go with my prediction. I like Weidman. No, you know, no surprise for you. Vitor Belfort is going to bring it because once the cage door closes, it is still a fight. I know... You, your stance on Vitor has changed, you know, with post-controversy. TRT, but, yeah, Vitor is it's way better. It's not the same. But at the same time, he's still one of the best that, quite frankly, this era has seen, not to the extent of some of the other guys. But the guy's a badass, and he's going to bring it to Weidman. So we still got a fight on our hands. I like Weidman to win. I think Weidman is as well-rounded as any fighter in the UFC right now. I think his body is just is really what does it. The guy's just a, a tank. He's a machine, you know, in the octagon. But Vitor still one of the best to put on a pair of gloves, I guess, in this era or at least the era right before this era, I should say, of fighting.
3: It's gonna be rough, man. I mean, we saw Machida and Machida had like some shots to get Weidman out of there. It looks like he rocked him a couple times. Weidman's chin looked like it could be tested, but it didn't happen. Is Vitor really better than Machida at this point? No, not at, not all. Not at all. No,
1: and uh, you know Machida's a better striker than Vitor, and you know Weidman is he uh, he's he's developing in jujitsu. Everyone knows about his wrestling credentials. What I love about Weidman, he'll stick in there and brawl with you. His last fight, which is crazy enough to think, was the uh, the Machida bout. He's there throwing leg kicks against a karate guy. He's there standing going toe to toe with him. Weidman does not back down from anyone. If it, he's a, it's like it's interesting because he's a wrestler. And if, if it were uh, – sometimes I think if it were up to him, he wouldn't go down to the mat once. He would just sit there and square off with you.
4: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, mean I like this fight a lot. Um, I just don't give Vitor much of a chance. I, I think no. if he can't penetrate through Weidman in the first couple of rounds, I think he'll be deflated. And if Weidman takes him down, I think the, the jitsu – like, we haven't gotten a chance to see Weidman's jitsu. Not yet. His jits game is serious. It's really serious. Man. Like, people forget it's the a, things a, he's He's a done. brown belt, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. But if you get in grappling tournaments how well he did – and we never get a chance to see Weidman put those things on display. And I think he might do it against Vitor because the fact is Vitor is a much more dynamic striker than he is on the ground. So if Weidman grounds him, he can kind of show off. You know, and I'd, I'd like to see Weidman finish him. I don't know if it happens. Oh, I think it had five rounds. Five rounds is a long time. It's a I don't long
3: know. time for Vitor to stay in there. Like you got to pace yourself for five rounds. Five rounds well, and against a wrestler, against someone who will take you down. Three and four, like, your punching power is gone. Like, you don't have the wind to even strike. So, Weidman, if if he wants a knockout, he'll get it in rounds three, four, five.
1: Like, let, let me ask you this. You kind of chose that one by default. Let's say Khabib, the fight still with, with Cowboys still on. Would that be? Getting, oh, easily. Yeah, yeah be easily. Be I awesome. mean,
3: I'm, I just want to see Khabib fight again. Yeah. yeah, One, I haven't seen Khabib fight live. I've never covered one of his fights. Mm. I want to see that. And to me, now reputation – precedes skill the other the division's gotten so good around him yeah i just want to see him prove it again because yeah. why not like cowboy to me has gotten better the past two years cowboy's gonna cowboy yeah <laughs> that's I what mean, we're gonna have he's gonna cowboy it, it's it's legit so it I, I really need to see what's going to happen there and you look at uh rds like who would have picked that nobody nah años nobody would have picked that no Nobody
4: picked that. But excuse I, me, RDA.
3: Yeah, like, um, no no one's picking that. Top five, like, one through five in that division, yo, it's a toss-up. Every every yeah.
4: fight. They're, yeah. yeah, they're all good fighters. I, mean, I think more importantly with Cerrone, now he's got to fight McDessie at this card, and he'll probably go tear through him real quick. We might see Cerrone on the July card. <laughs> he's
1: just, just a quick turnaround. wouldn't surprise me. Yo, everyone <laughs> else is interested. It, it's almost par- it's like, it's part of him now. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's what people want. Yeah. You know It's not even crazy. Like they call him crazy, You're like ridicule him for it. People are hoping he does that. The guy has developed, a I mean, an insanely strong fan base. I think a lot of it has to do with the personality. He, he, you know, it's no, it's it, what you get is what you get with Cowboy. What you see is what you get. He is all real. He is what he is, and I think that's why people like him. He, the past couple of months, his fan base has just exploded.
3: Is Benson staying in that division?
4: In welterweight? No, he's coming back down. He's got oh. a lightweight fight. He's fighting uh, Mike Johnson. Okay, I was about to say that that division's about to be like. Just I loaded, mean, like lightweight is very, very loaded, and it's it's fun to watch. And it's like I would like to see minus injuries. That's what I was gonna say. I like to see everybody stay healthy for once, so we can get these fights that we need to see. Yeah, because I want to see, I wanted to see Pederson could be fight at some point. I wanted to see, I want to see Dos Anjos and, and Cerrone go at it again. But the injuries are so ravaged. It's like Donald Cerrone is the saving grace of the lightweight division. He has saved the oh. division by stepping in <laughs> or fighting somebody on short notice. He doesn't care. Like fighting Benson Henderson on short notice, like he is the division right now. Yeah, they was like, oh, you know, hey. I uh, think
1: lightweight. I think Cerrone as of right now. Even though what we saw Dos Anjos do was incredible, I still think Cowboy.
3: He's fun to watch.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And Pettis, Pettis went from penthouse to outhouse real quick. Bad. Hey, There's some injuries, man. He got exposed. Yeah, yo. He so like it's, getting hit. it's it's rough. I mean, we're we're really going to see a change in the division, and it would have been great to see it. You know that that first preview of it this weekend, right? But injuries are injuries, and UFC has proven that these injuries are, are the real deal, and it's it's crushing cards. Uh, I know how you feel about this, Andre. Yeah, like yeah. you, you hate the stacking of cards for this
1: reason. I got like, kind of like what Andre said. I, I 187 has been able to hold itself together. Like it's a fighter. Like it. You know what I'm saying? Like, granted, well, one of you know the. the the bout wasn't really an injury; it's something else. But it still held itself together. It's still there's still some intrigue. It's cowboy's still there, even though you know the the quality of opponent has gone down. We finally get to see Weidman Belfort, and I am stoked for Rumble for for Johnson Cormier. There's That's gonna be great. Yeah, and I i it's hard to pick a winner.
3: I mean Uriah Hall. On the undercard. That's so what I'm saying. Like the
4: preliminary card is better than the, the DJ card that we everybody crapped on. Oh yeah. The fact that you, got,
3: you got, Rose, got Berkman? Berkman versus Dung Young Kim is a good fight. Oh yeah. You know Berkman's what I'm saying? been on it. I have liked what Berkman's past three fights. I yeah. think I've seen Berkman, uh, he was good in World Series fights. I mean
4: great. Rose is on the card. And it's like you have a lot of entry. Mike Tr- Mike Pyle is on the untelevised fight pass. How card. crazy is that? I saw that, I was like, what? And Skoggins. like yeah, scoggins Sample. The, I mean, you guys. These great fighters. This, this is a loaded card that we should have a lot of fun at. Hopefully, the fights won't stink. Like it, it, Yo, I'm it's be there at three before, o'clock.
3: But, like I really want to see every single one. Like I'm be there like super early. I'm stoked to see Brown
1: go at it with Brown and Arlovski.
4: Yeah.
3: I'm I'm intrigued by that yeah, so I'm Brown's gonna. Brown's gonna.
4: Oh, I think because yeah, you I know, think so. Too. I, I think so too. To think so, think so
1: too but it's just, it's fun. It's it's fun to watch. You know, guys like Arlovsky, who was you know just so good back in the day, but not like back back in the day. You know, kind of a few years ago before we got into this this era. We're in like kind of almost like in the third phase, you will, of the UFC. You had the the Gracie and those type of days in the early days. Then you had the Liddell, the Couture, the Ortiz type of era. Now we're in you know, the John Jones and in the Rousey era. There's almost three phases. You get the Arlovsky, who was kind of that second phase. Brown now, who's one of the top guys in his division now. And I, I like Travis Brown a lot. Yeah, uh, me too.
3: Before we wrap up the segment, though, today Dana White came out and said that as soon as John Jones comes back, he has a title shot. Like, day he's yep. ready to fight, he's getting his shot at the belt. How do you feel about
1: that? I had to make sure that was a real tweet when I first saw that. Yeah, me too.
3: How do you feel about that? You think John should just walk in and say, yo, the Coke is behind me and it's time to go? No.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I think, look, look, this is how I feel. If Cormier were to beat Rumble and John were to come back, John needs to fight Rumble. If Rumble beats Cormier and John were to come back, John
1: needs to fight Gustafson. I don't think he should get an immediate title shot. That's just how I feel. I agree. I agree. I mean, I would, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see the guy in the hunt again eventually, you know, personal issues aside, whatever. I'm talking strictly the fighter, John Jones. He makes his return. We want to see him in the mix once again because we all know about his few, you know, we the Rumble match so far is the bout that obviously may look like it wasn't meant to be if this, if this is how it really is. Cormier, everyone loves that rivalry. You know, we'd like to see a rematch there. I'll see you again. Gust, Gustafson. The best fight in the history of the division. So either way, there's some intrigue there. But in terms of full-blown saying, hey, straps on the line, you win, you're the champion once again right out of coming out of all this all this bullshit, then
4: yeah, it's rough. It's I don't rough. I don't know about that. Well, I don't know. You know, the other thing is if Dominic Cruz didn't get an immediate title shot right. and he didn't lose the title, he got hurt, why does John Jones get an immediate
3: title shot? No, that's true. And then you see Cruz came out with that one good fight and then got hurt again. Like exactly. If that was a title fight, it changed the yeah, whole thing. He, like, he
4: mowed Mitsugaki down, but – the fact is, is that Cruz never lost a title. He should have had a top tier fight right away for John Jones to get a title shot. I think it's kind of disrespectful to anybody else who has worked hard and just have been injured. Yeah, John Jones, he fucked up. Like that's all there is to it. He cost himself. Yeah, there's so he shouldn't there, get that shot. There's no
1: uncrowned champion type of thing with John Jones. No, he blew it. He got stripped, and rightfully so. They hands down made the right call. And according to you, a little you know a little too late, but you know they they made the right decision. They booted him. Get your life together. You could come back. And I mean, I don't know. According to what Dana White said, you know, a few hours ago, it'll be for the title. But either way, he it's not going to just be given to him. Okay. Because even if he, he's in the title bout right away, rest assured, no matter who wins this bout, it's not going to be easy for him. It's not going to be a walk in the park. Not at all. No, definitely. Yeah. Definitely.
3: Make sure you hit us up on Twitter. I'm. At Kel Dansby on Twitter, pretty simple. Yeah, I'm at Andreas Hill. Spell it out phonetically. Um and what's the what's the, the podcast? Give them the podcast Twitter handle. Podcast Facebook. Twitter is the corner LSN on Twitter and on Instagram. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We have the corner pod at gmail.com for any of your questions. Please. Send it there. We're out of here. Peace.